Welcome back to the sixth episode of the Up and Coming podcast brought to you by the UT Dallas Entrepreneurship Club. Automation as a concept has been around since the beginning of time. But nowadays, even the slightest mention of the word will get you a few nasty looks. Why is that? With the recent resurgence of machine learning and AI, we've seen how software-based automation can completely disrupt the landscape of any field. One of eClub's success stories, Relos, is doing just that by developing customized automation bots for commercial real estate agencies to strip away the pain of mundane tasks and repetitive customer interactions. Today, we speak with CEO Akshat Sharma and CMO Mario Flores to discuss their journeys as college entrepreneurs, some of the misconceptions they see around automation, and the key lessons they've learned along the way. Before we get started, we know that the outbreak of COVID-19 has temporarily changed all of our lives, and thus causing a lot of fear, uncertainty, panic over what our future is going to look like. This is the time we need to lean on each other as support, and we hope that you're looking for ways to help those around you, you're practicing social distancing, and you're just taking this time to better yourselves. It's a tough time for everyone, and the team at the Up and Coming Podcast hope that we can help by bringing you quality content every week moving forward. With that being said, stay safe and enjoy this episode. Welcome, Akshat and Mario, um, to the show. Before we get started, tell us a little bit about your background and your journey here. So I'm Akshat Sharma. I'm the founder and CEO of Realos, and I'm from India. Mm-hmm. We're in India. Uh, I'm from Chhattisgarh. I don't know a lot of people know about Chhattisgarh, but yeah, I'm from Chhattisgarh. So is that, that's north, right? North or uh, south? Yeah, north. North, okay. Yeah, it's so like central India. Okay. And yeah, and I'm majoring in computer science. I'm a sophomore here, and i why I chose UTD was because they gave me a lot of scholarship mm-hmm. and that's why I decided to come here. Did you apply to any other colleges before? Yeah, I did apply to a lot of college, colleges. Uh, I got into Georgia Tech, nice. but they didn't give me a scholarship, so <laughs> that's why UTD. Okay, what about you, Mario? Well, uh, born and raised in Dallas, and uh, actually I went to Richland before I came here just to finish up some some of the easy classes, you know, mm-hmm. before coming to get, get your major stuff out of the way. Um, I did apply for other schools. Uh, UT Dallas did not actually offer me all, all the money that I needed, but it was actually close to home and actually more. Yeah. What was that transition like from community college to coming to UT Dallas? Uh, not too bad. A lot of people were nervous. I met a lot of people in orientation who were super nervous. Yeah. And I don't know why they were nervous. I was excited, honestly. I just yeah. wanted to meet new people. <laughs> Love interacting with people. Loved yeah. It. Yeah. Sweet. Okay. So um, at UT Dallas, right? What was what's your what's been your college journey so far? Like your experience, um, kind of transitioning here. Some clubs you're a part of. Some really cool highlight moments. Mm-hmm. Some maybe some challenges that you've gone through. So essentially, I mean, taking computer science classes. They've been good so far, but one of the mindsets that I think and a common trend that I see here is that everyone wants to get a job after this, mm-hmm. right? Everyone wants to do something that someone else is already doing and just get a job, live a good life. I, I think that's one of the things that I personally want to change, and that's why I got involved with the e-club. So yeah, I mean, that's why I decided to join e-club and become an officer there because I really like the vision and what they're trying to achieve with our things, like change the mindset of the people around here and get more into entrepreneurship and yeah so what is what does um entrepreneurship mean to you to me essentially i think it means that someone who tries to solve problems i guess that i think that's what entrepreneurship means to me personally it can mean different things to different people but that's what it means to me going back on the um the you know everyone's trying to get a job Mm -hmm. after college why do you think that is where does that stem from so i think i mean i think a lot of people are scared to venture out i think that's one of the things that uh i think personally 
that's why they're taking this decision of like getting a job they think it's more secure it's more stable and yeah and you see that a lot in the cs school like yes i do fang crave mm-hmm. and everything and what about you mario oh you see the same thing in json a lot i mean you know ever since you know going into community college until now i actually got my entrepreneurship bug in community college i actually met with a, a career coordinator there and he's just like he looked at some of the results I was having. He's like, you seem like you really want to just do your own thing. I said, yeah, I really kind of want to do my own thing. I don't want to just get a normal job and be like everybody else in the world. Nine to five, be bored for, you know, 40 hours every week, stuff like that. So he actually got me into entrepreneurship. I, st- I, w- I went through a bunch of ideas until I met actually Akshat. And then we came up with this idea, Realos. And then mm-hmm. we've, we've been getting a lot of traction lately. So, you know. That's really cool. Yeah. So with, with your new idea, right? So talk us through, and I, I, and it's fairly recent, yeah. right? You've been working on this idea, trying to get feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, talk us through your journey, literally from starting it mm-hmm. to where you're at right now. So essentially starting it, we had a cool technology, robotic process automation, mm-hmm. like that allowed us to create bots and automate a lot of process that people do on computers. So essentially filling out forms, interacting with other softwares, legacy softwares. And then so I came up with this technology. I, I didn't come up with it, but like I found out about this technology and then I went to Mario. I'm like, hey, where can we apply this technology and where can we use it and to try to solve problems? And then we talked to a lot of professors and real estate was a good fit for us because it wasn't innovated enough and we wanted to innovate that and actually help real estate people ha- be better at what they do. How did you get into the real estate field? So your family has... A business of some sorts? Yeah, so back in India, my father owns a real estate firm. And in Chhattisgarh, we don't get a lot of talented people to actually do the jobs that we would want them to do. So I was always thinking of ways where I can help my dad be more efficient. And computer computer science, I mean, if you can automate most of the process that he does, which are repetitive tasks, I think that would be really beneficial for him. So that's how we were like, oh, real estate could be benefited from the technology. What are some of those repetitive tasks? Essentially filling out paperwork, doing a lot of accounting, doing a lot of CRM, Interacting with your customers, all of those are repetitive tasks that I think can be automated with robotic process automation. So while you were developing your idea, right? Mm-hmm. So while you were trying to get it validated, um, tell us a little bit about some of your market research. Like what, what did you find out about the current problem that exists mm-hmm. here? Um, and why is it important that you do what you do? Well, some of the things that we, when doing market research is that, well, first of all, real estate is like healthcare, except it's less restricted. It's not, hasn't taken the next step when it comes to technology. So it's just a big opportunity for anyone to, especially the transaction process. And that's what we're trying to get into with RPA. And we have a few other ideas going into that, but we're gonna- So who would be your potential customer? Like if, for example, like if you were to release this mm-hmm. product out, right? So um, tell us a little bit about like who your target audience is and how do you really build like customer value? So going back to the market research, right? We. Did, I mean, so 30% of all the accounting error that happens in real estate is because of the fact that people cannot copy data correctly. And also it's very inefficient. Like you're doing repetitive tasks every single day. 55% of your work week is just spent on doing repetitive tasks as a realtor. So we want to automate all of that. And essentially our target audience is real estate firms and the title company. So we want to automate that process when you, you're not doing more repetitive tasks and you can get more clients and add more value to your business. Yeah, especially the transaction process that can take, you know, it, depending on each transaction, it's very, it's very dependent on each situation. It can take a few days. It could take up to a month. You know, the, it really just depends on, you know, we want to develop something where that process can be basically cut in half and, you know, give people, you know, the ability to, to buy their homes in such a quick process and be way more efficient. 
in software process automation is not like a new thing per se. Mm-hmm. So what is your competitive advantage? Because I know a lot of companies yeah. like mm-hmm. UiPath, UiPath actually do that for companies, mm-hmm. but they have some. Is it enterprise? Yeah. price that like stops other companies from using so them? essentially with UiPath and automation anywhere it's just that they provide you with a with the technology and you have to build on top of that right uh-huh. and you would need to hire engineers you would need to hire computer science people to actually figure that technology to your needs and it's also very expensive it we are 50 times cheaper than any of our competition because we are building our technology on our own like it's in-house and we're building our solution on top of that technology that's why that allows us to be cheaper and we're an end-to-end solution so essentially, you don't have to hire an engineer once you like deal with us. We just provide you with the solution and you can just use it. And that's our competitive advantage. So essentially with, with where you're at right now, mm-hmm. right? How do you give us this, like some projections, right? Mm-hmm. Overall, over time, so you're acquiring new customers. Um, how it is? How are you making revenue okay. with this? So right now, we have four firms who are interested. They have given us a letter of intent or a letter of purchase, which, which basically means that once we have a product out there, they would be willing to use it and they'd be willing to buy it. And essentially, the way we make money is that we sell our solutions to real estate firms, and then they pass that down, pass that solution, that software to their realtors, and they use it. And that's how we make our money. Okay, so with um, getting these letter of intents, mm-hmm. right? So you've, you've kind of pitched this. So going back to the whole process, mm-hmm. right? So you have this idea, you validated it, and I'm sure you pitched it out to mm-hmm. multiple people. Um, what was some of the feedback that people initially, because I'm sure your, your idea wasn't as refined as mm-hmm. it is now. True, so yeah. what mm-hmm. was some of the feedback that you got um, that you kind of listened to it and made changes? What were some of the changes that you made from that feedback? So essentially before this, right, we were thinking of a like our business model was basically targeting different realtors. And so we, we were basically more of a B2C company than a B2B company. But after getting feedback and seeing that this would be more useful in terms of real estate firms and real estate enterprise, we changed our model to B2B. So I think that's one of the one of a valuable feedback that we got. Okay, what else? Maybe maybe on the marketing side. On the marketing side, uh, typically in the real estate world, it's based off connections and relationships. So really there's no traditional marketing. Like if you're gonna sell a product to somebody, you know, you can put on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. It's really more, you gotta make, you gotta make those calls and you know, be on, be on their time and you know, you know, make those connections with people. That's how you do your marketing, mm-hmm. especially in real estate. In terms of um, where you're at with your mm-hmm. product right now, right? So you're seeking out investments, yeah. you're, you're fundraising. So you guys are pre-seed, right? So yes. to our audience who might not know what you know these terms mean, what does it mean to be pre-seed? Um, what is it like being a company in the pre-seed round? And what are some of the challenges that you're facing right now? So essentially, I mean, I'm not, I'm not the best person to give you a technical definition of what that means. But right now, we, we do have people who have invested in our company. We have, so we are four business owners who formed the LSE together. And so right now we're not making any revenue. The funds that we're raising right now is to build the technology. And once we have the technology out in the market, that's when we start making our money. Okay. And then what are some like challenges that you're facing while, while fundraising or even like, even in terms of getting resources, mm-hmm. right? So like talk us through some challenges that you're facing through the process and how certain resources at UT Dallas have, whether it's professors or maybe like the Blackstone mm-hmm. Launchpad, um, if you're, if you've kind of used that space, um, what have, how have those helped you where you're at? So in terms of professors, they've helped us a lot. We have an advisor uh, who actually helps us with the business model and with everything and getting out there. And also being part of an, being part of eClub has actually helped me a lot with like holding events and everything. I've learned a lot about marketing events and then essentially learning about mm-hmm. different business models, what people are doing, how do we build the technology, how do we get it out of the market, how do we collect feedback, mm-hmm. like lean startup and all of mm-hmm. that. So I think I would, like, I would definitely give credit to eClub for 
like helping me develop those skills and yeah the 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 resources here here at UTD are phenomenal i don't know a lot of people know about them mm-hmm. so i think yeah we've we've used them to our advantage yeah some of the the biggest resource i feel like was the most important to me was this was comma x especially because that's where me and Aksha actually met <laughs> and uh you know it's obviously you know obviously you don't have to have like the greatest idea the first time but just meeting those people and meeting new people who have different skills like Aksha obviously is very technically gifted and I'm very uh, very uh, good with people and very good with sales and marketing that's just a specialty that I like to do and you know us having two opposites you know actually makes us a way better team so just common meeting new people your idea may not be the best at, at first but just meeting new people and joining teams helping them out that's what's your just... first impression of Aksha first impression <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what did you think of this man right here? what did I think I said oh man I, I First thing I, I first thing that came to my head is I wish I, I was as technically gifted as him because I tried learning how to code back my freshman year of high school. A month later, I kind of just gave up. I was like, yeah. I can't do this. This is so hard. No, I really can't. I really couldn't. Yeah, to everyone listening, I'm not that good. <laughs> just, just letting you out. He's way better than me, though. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think that's that's a good point. Meeting those people and having not even having an idea, but just like meeting people, getting it out there, getting out there, and just like learning about more cool stuff. I think that really helped us out. It actually took us a while to get to this point. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I was gonna ask, what was your biggest takeaway from the accelerator? Where were you guys at before, mm-hmm. and then where was Realos after? I don't know if Realos was Realos was by thing. Comet X, but what did you gain from that? So essentially, Comet X. I mean, I would like to describe this as a love story. <laughs> like the first time we met, we were just like talking about different ideas, like bouncing off ideas. He had an, he had a different idea, and from there we pivoted. We had a couple of ideas, and then I think Realos after that. I mean, but from the accelerator, I think the biggest takeaway was meeting Mario. And like meeting more, more cool people to work on ideas with, and after that we formed Realos. Yeah. Why? What's so? Talk us through the name. Why? Why? Why Realos? What does that stand for? So, <laughs> funny story. Realos. I mean, to us, right? We wanted to make real estate real easy for everyone, and Realos just sounds so because like before this we had our, our name was Real AI. And that sounded intimidating to people. They thought that we we're taking, trying to take away their jobs, which is not what we're doing. Riolos sounds more homely. It's like, yeah, I would want to use Riolos, okay. and that's how we came up with the name. We were just like, okay, anything that sounds, anything that has to do with real estate. So real, oh, so that's that's. Let's be that, honest. Like yeah. every other startup is like AI, AI this, AI that. Let's be honest. We didn't want to use AI. Yeah, I mean, we're in the AI boom right yeah. now. So going back, yeah. you said AI might be a little intimidating, mm-hmm. and especially like for example, um, with both Ronak yeah. and um, Akshat Yalison. Y'all are part of the CS school. Um, talk us through a little bit about like why is tech a little intimidating to people, and why why do we have that barrier? And even with AI, right? Like, there's so much potential with it, but you know, people automatically associate AI with losing jobs. So essentially, I mean, I would like to connect this to coronavirus. Okay. <laughs> if you don't understand something, you'll be afraid of it. That's that's the basic of it, right? If you're afraid of corona, I mean, you, if you don't understand what coronavirus is, you'll be afraid of it. If you don't understand what technology is and what AI is doing, you'll be afraid of it. I don't think AI will ever take away jobs because we as humans have the ability to learn more things and we can apply those high cognitive abilities to these tasks. And yeah, I don't think, yeah. If you understand it, you won't be scared of it. That's my takeaway from yeah. that. Yeah. Ronan, what about you? I think it goes back to, I think automation makes people more efficient, yeah. right? Because a lot of people in like high paying roles, they shouldn't be filling out forms, mm-hmm. like especially real estate yeah. agents, they're getting paid, what, hundreds of dollars mm-hmm. an hour. They shouldn't be filling out forms, filling out applications when that can be done by robotic process automation yeah. using Realos. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. Um, so what are the next steps, right? So you guys have gotten letter of intent. Um, you've 
you're working and refining your idea. Um, what's the next step for your company? Where do you, where do you see y'all together? I mean, as, as founders, as well as your company in the next five or six years? So essentially with the funding that we have right now, we want to use that money to build the technology and basically test our market. We do have an MVP that we're working on right now and for MVP, which is minimum viable product, that's we, we're trying to test our hypothesis. Like what if people would actually want to use this? If is it, if is it a good market fit? And we're trying to do that with the money that we have right now. Within the five to six years period, I, I would want Riolos to essentially automate and change the transaction process and what real estate people have to go through. It's it's a very it's a very boring process and it's it's it takes too long it's very inefficient and you want to make it more efficient Mario, what about you i want this in five years to be a household name in the real estate industry honestly yeah. i want us to be like what salesforce is like to crm us is to like the real estate transaction how do you and how do you plan on getting there what do you think like right now where you're at right mm-hmm. and where you want to be what are the most crucial things to do um just because i think for for people that do have an idea right it's important mm-hmm. that we understand the journeys of entrepreneurs um mm-hmm. and like the things that they have to go through and have like you know practical goals that you reach and mm-hmm. you break that down so for y'all right so say you said you just said you wanted realist to be a household name mm-hmm. so yeah. for you to get to that stage what do you think personally in terms of strategy um how do you guys plan on doing that and how do you plan on getting there so with the funding that we have now, obviously, like Akshay said, we want to like build the concept and get everything ready because in this, like in, basically in business in general, you have one shot to make that impression. So we want to build this as perfect as we can so that so basically our one, that, that one opportunity we do have, it's, it's going to be our best shot. And even with our technology, we want to get a 25% market penetration with our software so that we, and then once we have that, we can essentially eliminate one, most of the inefficiencies and that's how we think we could become a household yeah. name for real estate. Go back on the first sale. Yeah. Um, can you just walk us through a little bit on how you got your first sale? I think you talked a little bit mm-hmm. about somebody coming into your class and then you were able to convert yeah. that into your first lead. That, yeah, okay, that, that was our investor basically. So for my entrepreneurship class, I mean, for any CS major, I, I would recommend, I would highly recommend to take a business class or an entrepreneurship class to just to learn more about it. Which one was that? So it's ENTP, ENTP. the first class that you have to take if you want to do any minor. one, right? Yeah, ENTP, yeah. yeah. And for, for anybody listening, if you want to, anybody can get a minor in innovation entrepreneurship. I think a lot of people don't know that. And, you know, it's, it's a really good skill to have just to understand like the business development side of ideas. Um, just because, you know, everybody at one point, like we all have the ability to generate ideas and we can go and execute on them, but to execute it right is something that, you know, we have to definitely learn. So with ENTP, right? So you taking ENTP, what did you learn from that class? And going back to like, how did you get that first sale? So ENTP, right? We, I mean, I did learn learn more about entrepreneurship in general and whether it was for me or not, which I think it is. Mm-hmm. And with entrepreneurship class, right? We do have guest speakers that come to our class and talk about different, like about their journeys. And so one of the VPs of a bank, he was there, he was talking about his ideas and what he was, what he has done. So I just went up to him after class and I was like, I have this idea. Are you interested? That's what I did. And then we got a meeting with him and that's how we got funded. Were you scared to go up to him? Yes, I was, I was scared. But I think that's one of the things that you have to do. Do things that scare you. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for me, like I'm the one that's making all the appointments, all the mm-hmm. cold calls, trying to get us appointments with these big firms. You know, like I, I called 50 firms in total already. Mm-hmm. I have, we've gotten like five meetings mm-hmm. and you, know, you got to be okay with it. rejection. Just like, you're nobody right now. You got to make yourself somebody. Mm-hmm. That's what entrepreneurship does for you. Have you just heard a straight up no, like a straight up? Yeah, this I've heard it. the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I've heard people make excuses, like, you know, it's just, it, it is what it is, and, you know, you just gotta be okay with that. You know, they'll, they'll figure you out later. I think feeling or getting a rejection is part of the game. Yeah. You have to get it before you get a success. It's how you learn. Yeah. It's really how you learn. And I think it's important to bounce back, right? So mm-hmm. moving forward, if people say no, and then trying to really figure out what it is that they're saying. I think a lot of entrepreneurship and every so far with every podcast show that we've done, mm-hmm. a lot of people, a common trend that you see is that with failure, right? You're learning how to listen mm-hmm. to feedback because failure by itself is feedback of what you can do better next time. Um, and so in terms for next time, so talking about more of like visions for mm-hmm. the future and just in general, apart from just your idea, um, what do you guys, so, you know, being students here at ET Dallas, we are a very young university. There's still so much to be done. Um, what do you think that we need to improve on as a university? And two, how can us students kind of make that happen? So, I mean, uh, I think as a, as a university, we should be more open to new ideas. We should be more, we should be more supportive of people who want to try something new. And once, if someone fails, we should be there for them. I think that's one of the things that people are scared that if they fail, no one's going to be there for them. So as students, we can be there, we can appreciate their failures and we can appreciate if they're try, trying something new. I think that's, and I think E-Club is doing a good job at that. This is not a paid promotion by E-Club, by the way. Just <laughs> I'm part of E-Club, so yeah. Yeah, no, we, um, I think one of our biggest goals with E-Club is to really like build a support system of a network because we want to make sure that we're able to help in any way we can. Um, and like Akshat mentioned, um, none, none of this is easy, right? Like yeah. you guys, you know, cold calling and hearing a no and mm-hmm. you have so much passion and just getting a straight up no, like that's not easy to take. But um, I think what we are really trying as students to help other students is to kind of build that resilience um, and we're learning in the process mm-hmm. as well. So mm-hmm. for, for you, Mario, right? So what do you think um, could be improved for this university? What can be improved at this university? One thing I do notice everywhere, and this is for every school, JSON, the engineering school, every, everywhere, is that everyone's just like, you know, in their little bubble trying to focus on this one little thing. And I feel like no one wants to interact with anybody. I feel like everyone's scared trying to inter- interacting with new people. And I feel like us as a school, we need to provide better opportunities, you know, better, you know, just events, you know, stuff like that to have people interact with each other. And, you know, I just feel like that's something that we need to improve on. And going back to your vision and mission, right? I think having a bold vision is it's very important. I mean, I read this book, Built to Last, and I think that's one of the best book, like one of the greatest books I've ever read. So essentially, it talks about why having a vision and having values is so important for entrepreneurship. If you're in it for the in, in it for the money, you're not gonna make it. Mm-hmm. That's just how it is. Uh, you have to have a vision. You have to be you have to be empathetic about your clients and about your customers and actually want to make a difference in their lives and make a difference and add value to this world. The money is the reward that you're going to get from all the passion and all the things that you're, all the hard work, the sweat you're going to put into this, you know, all the no's you're going to hear, the money's going to come later and it's going to be the reward that you're going to get after it. But don't be in it just for the money. If it's your, yeah. Me and Aksha, we're, we don't, we're not, we're problem solvers. That's what we are, you know, we're not money makers. I like that. Um, Also, you know, y'all are students Mm -hmm. and, um, you, you academics are still important you still have to take care of a lot of personal responsibilities um i think in the introduction mario i know you mentioned you you didn't want to do a nine to five um mm-hmm. and it's not that important but you know it's not easy to kind of just like drop kind of do something on your own right it takes yeah. a lot of time and mm-hmm. obviously as you kind of get older and older you have more responsibilities mm-hmm. to do so in terms of balance right in terms of school life balance mm-hmm. or even like work life balance um how are you approaching that and 
and you know what are some things that you're doing that'll kind of that gives you time to go focus on school but also focus on this venture going up to my senior year i actually had two jobs i was a contractor and i worked at a just a regular furniture store so you know and then I guess the the pushing point was when me and Akshay had this I came up with this idea and where we wanted to put this in real estate. And after talking to a professor and seeing this would be really good and implemented into the industry, I kind of just took the chance. I quit both jobs and just went for it. I mean, that's entrepreneurship. It's a you're, you're a risk taker, and that's what I'm doing right now. You know, especially now, especially now because I'm about to graduate. This will be my full time job after I graduate, and also I'm going to grad school too. So you know, just the added pressure getting your master's and having this be your success plan you know yeah i mean I so be. i i love what jeff bezos said about this there's no work-life balance work it's like work-life harmony yeah. yes and i i do i mean if you're really passionate about something you'll make time for it i mean think about all the times that we waste as students right just like doing nothing just watching netflix yeah. i mean you can use all of that time to do something productive and actually like take risks do what you want do what you love honestly i think that's I mean, if you find something that you're really passionate about, you will make time for it, no matter what. The amount of times that he's texting me at two in the morning, hey, I'm coding. <laughs> and then like, I, you know, when I'm not in class, I'm making cold calls. And when I'm at home, I'm just making cold calls until five. That's when basically the workday ends for real estate. Mm-hmm. So I'm literally just on the phone for majority of the day, unless I'm not, unless I'm in class. And if I get a phone call, I just leave class. I just like kind of get up, get out of the class and take the phone call and then go back into class and mm-hmm. see what I missed. Yeah. But yeah, you gotta put in the, the effort into it. You, it it's really a lot of effort. I mean, school, if, if you are passionate about something and you are spending enough time, school shouldn't be that hard. If, if, you, if you just put in the time and you're dedicated, you can make time for both of them. You can make time for multiple things, I, I would say. Yeah. Besides work, what do y'all do for fun? What do y'all, do you have any ways to de-stress? Do you just work all the time? Up <laughs> no, I mean, uh, yeah, so for me, I really like to play PS4. Like, I love my PS4. I play it all the time. Whenever I, I get free time, which is not a lot, but yeah, that's how I think I de stress. And also, me? For our gamers out there. Uh, <laughs> I know a lot of people would hate me for this, but I mean, uh, yeah, Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah. I'm a boxer, so I love boxing. That's just something I like to do. I make at least two hours a day trying to, trying to make some time in for that. Either, I mean, I wake up at 5.30 in the morning sometimes because I know I'm going to be on phone calls all day. Or I wait until like seven o'clock and go to the gym and just, you know, hit the back for a little bit. But yeah, I'm, I, I make time for the gym. It's just, that's really the only time I have time to distress. So all this is just a matter mm-hmm. of priority, right? Like what's important to you? Yes. Yeah. How, how are you going to carve off time, mm-hmm. time for that? I, I think you can always uh, come up with time. I, I don't think that should be a problem. Cool. Well, Akshat, Mario, thanks for stopping by. For those who are interested, where do they contact you? Um, how do they learn more? And also, when is the when can people expect the MVP to be out? So, if you want to contact us, you can just go to realos.com, which is r e a l l o s dot com, and you can also we can, we will also share our social profiles so that they can contact us there, and our MVP should be out by the end of the summer. Sweet. Yeah.